0: Welcome to the 43rd episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about
1: filmmaking, storytelling, and directing. I'm Matt Enlow, And I'm Warren Kaplan. And today we're talking to M.K. Wiles, who starred in Matt's seminal series, Squaresville. She also just raised a substantial amount of money on Kickstarter for her show, Edgar Allan Poe's Dinner Party. And it's really awesome, really interesting, and we're super excited to talk to her. And then later on, we're gonna be joined by our friend Ben Caro, who is also in the midst of a Kickstarter for his short film, Cathedrals that is going to benefit the blind and he has some really interesting insights too so if you ever cared about raising money for your project or finding out kind of what works and what doesn't i think this is a great episode to listen to yeah this is a
0: great episode if you're thinking about kickstarting or curious about the trials and tribulations and triumphs
1: of kickstarting yes so kick back relax and let's start the show
0: So Mary Kate Wiles, welcome to Just Shoot It.
2: Hi, thank you. So happy to be here. I've listened to some episodes.
0: What, what's your really? favorite episode? MK?
2: Oh God, I can't remember.
0: Is it the one where all of them
1: we talk for a long time?
0: The one where you, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the one.
2: That's it. Did
1: cool. you really listen to an episode? Oh yeah. Oh really?
2: Not when you not like because you asked me, but like I knew Matt had a podcast, so I would like check oh, in wow. every so often. Yeah.
1: Well, that's cool
0: and now that's you're, our listener you're on the mic i was yeah. like if <laughs> only
2: matt would ask me to be on his podcast we did it my life will be complete oh. well, well now you're done all downhill from here
0: for listeners who don't know my life story or your life story quite as well as we do <laughs> give us a quick recap of how you found yourself in Oren's uh living room tonight.
2: sure sure so, I'm Mary-Kate Wiles, I am an actress, I'm from Arkansas originally, I came to USC and have lived in Los Angeles ever since. Since I graduated, I've been a part of a few projects including Matt's own Squaresville, I played Zelda, and uh, from there I also did the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, and a bunch of other web series. I currently am working on my own series called Edgar Allan Poe's Murder Mystery Dinner Party that I act in and produce. And we kickstarted that back in the uh, winter. So I guess we did okay. And Matt thought I should maybe come contribute some thoughts. And here yeah. I am.
1: So your Kickstarter I saw today, you've raised
2: $72,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did.
1: That's pretty insane.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, our goal was 55, and we raised 70. 2,000 on Kickstarter. We raised an additional few thousand through Backerkit as well, after the fact.
0: And and what's Backerkit, for Backerkit?
2: Backerkit is another service that helps you sort of organize your Kickstarter, and like helps you fulfill perks and stuff. And we had known about that through the Tin Can Brothers, who are friends of mine, who had run a Kickstarter a few months prior for their show, Spies Are Forever, which I was also in. And they were like, use Backerkit, it's great. But the big draw was that people could still contribute after the end of the kickstarter so yeah so we made an extra like three grand on there as well
0: and so they're like hey we'll take a cut but we'll do all of your packaging and labeling yeah and things like that, ish
2: is yeah we're not having them do that for us but nice. it does help you you can have them do that i think you have to pay an extra fee but it does do a good job of like organizing what each level needs and mm-hmm. like what you promised everybody and it's I, I don't even know how to use it to its full extent, but and, but it does. And, and it
0: also is like, Hey, you donated for the poster level, but if you want a t shirt you could still buy it.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so we raised about seventy five thousand total And thank God, because we sure needed all of that.
1: (laughs) And it's a feature? We set our goal a
2: little too low. It's essentially a feature. Edgar Allan Poe's Murder Mystery Dinner Party, which just launched its first episode, is a web series. It is 11 episodes that are between 7 and 15 minutes apiece. We're going to be putting out one every week until Halloween. Welcome,
1: friend, to Edgar Allan Poe's Murder Mystery invite-only casual dinner party slash gala for friends hot luck.
3: Sorry, we're late. When will someone be murdered? Look here,
0: before this night goes on, I have something to say.
1: <laughs> Fine, then the murder mystery is underway. Please, a grave and sinister act has been committed here this evening.
3: Yeah, Louisa Maestra. <laughs> oh. I mean to fetch an inspector. Oh, good evening.
0: A toast to ending this horrible night. No,
3: no, no, no. This was su- supposed to be a. 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 Lenore,
2: a good time. A good time. Who do you think we are? Yeah. Uh-huh. Altogether, oh, yeah. it's about a le- the length of a feature and scale of a feature. <laughs> There's a lot of people and a lot of costumes and. A I'm lot just of parts.
0: watching MK deflate.
1: <laughs> as <she thinks> through. <laughs> well, it's funny because you watch, and if you watch her Kickstarter video, they talk about how much money it's going to cost, and they come up with some number, and they're like, "Oh, wait, this isn't in like 2016 dollars. This <laughs> yes. is in like when was Edgar Allan Poe?" Uh, early 1900s
2: uh, no 1800s we decided uh, the show exists outside of place and time because okay,
1: Ernest Hemingway is in
0: it yeah, too yeah there right? are
2: a lot of uh, authors that are there that do not make sense like, time wise uh, it's a it fantasy fun,
0: wouldn't it be fun if we just made jokes about each
1: of these different characters
2: yes basically um, yeah. but it's like a
1: Bill and Ted's adventure
2: yes of, of it, yes exactly so authors.
1: and Midnight in Paris is that yes are they all in the yeah. same time mm-hmm. or do they yeah, must, fudge that well, too?
2: They do. I think they must fudge something
1: they they fudge
0: things a little bit but then also remember the woman who owen wilson falls in love with decides to go back in time herself right so everyone thinks the time before them is the great
1: time
2: i forgot about that but yes so we have a bunch of different authors but it takes place loosely in the mid 1800s oh cool yeah so it's a period i love that time yeah it's pretty fun it's been it's been a lot of fun
1: so you set this goal of $55,000? Yes. (laughs) 55,000?
2: Yes. <laughs> to
1: essentially make a feature film.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh-huh. were you
1: planning on paying in, in the actors?
2: High, uh-huh. Yep. In hindsight, that was not the wisest thing, but it turned out okay because we made a lot more money than that, thankfully. Um, we actually took it to a producer friend of mine. I, When we were planning this, I didn't even like know ballpark where to go, but I had been a part of a few other Kickstarters who had been aiming for that amount of money somewhere around there. And I knew that that was possible and I felt like that was doable with our fan base and like the people we had involved. And so we said to our producer friend, like could we actually make this for 55 and he was like yeah um that was optimistic but <laughs> thankfully uh it all worked out and even then what we did shoot because our budget you know because you have to kickstarter takes money you have to allot for your perks our budget amazon was more, takes money
0: as well right, right yeah
2: our budget Wait, was amazon closer takes, to like
0: do they own kickstarter uh the Kickstarter does all of their processing through Amazon Payments.
1: Oh, so Amazon takes their cut yeah. in addition. So, so if someone gives you twenty five dollars, what do you get?
2: It, it takes out altogether like about ten percent.
3: Yeah,
2: the Kickstarter fees and like the credit card fees and everything. Yeah, and then I, I think actually people's pledges who don't go through.
0: If you're thinking of kickstarting, look this up. But I think that that scale changes relative to uh, oh, how much that money may be you true. make. That I may think, be true. I uh, think on smaller numbers. It's closer to fifteen, I think.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah,
0: because oh, there's you, a minimum you, for you credit cross card a, transactions. right? Exactly. So you cross a th- I certain see, threshold. I yeah, see. I think with Squaresville, which raised much less than that,
2: it was like I
0: think it was closer to fifteen. How
2: much did Squaresville raise?
0: I want to say twelve thousand.
2: Oh, I was thinking like fifteen.
0: Maybe it was fifteen. That's
2: impressive.
0: Yeah. So so it kind of brings up a, a point that I wanted to make. That's interesting. I think oftentimes with an ambitious, hungry producer. Of which we were both once upon a time. Mm-hmm. There's that thing of like, well, how much money do I think I can make based off of friends, family, and whatever following or fan base you have, right? So th- there's a there's a little bit of like, well, we think we can make fifty five thousand. Mm-hmm. So let's figure out how to make a show that's fifty five thousand. Exactly. Yes. And I think that that's a smart way to do it. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a little bit of like you've been a this is your. 80th Rodeo now, right? Yeah. So I'm sure you had a notion of things you wanted to do differently or things that you really loved about shows that you wanted to kind of inherit from all of those different experiences. And all of those come with a price tag, Mm
2: -hmm. right?
0: Mm -hmm. Are you talking about the production or the Kickstarter? The production and the Kickstarter, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think the other thing that's really gnarly, that I think we probably talked about, the cost for fulfilling all of those incentives can be pretty prohibitive.
2: Yes. And it, you
1: have to have incentives?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because
1: I don't know. I'm going to just gripe for like 20 <laughs> seconds, but my Get biggest ready, problem <laughs> with Kickstarter. <laughs> it's like once I freaking donate my $25 to my friend that's emailed me and posted all over the place and will hate me if I don't, then I just start getting all these emails about the project like 5 mm. times a day and I'm like God, I I unsubscribe (laughs) to this. Will they know?
2: Wow. They will,
1: but also you gave money, so it's fine.
2: Yeah. Right. But then I'm like, okay, so
1: I'm gonna get like a DVD copy of this. Like, I don't need a DVD copy. Mm. I don't know. You can uh, opt out of
0: whatever prize it is because I think. So my point was, there's two kind of tiers, right? There's like,
1: hey, friends and family, I'm gonna raise like a certain amount of money, whatever that is, and And fans uh, is different. I get a fan once. The stuff once the signed, you know, cover, poster or whatever, and yes. sometimes friends and family wants the DVD copy or something. Yeah. But oftentimes they're
0: just like, hey, I've got 50 bucks. It's not a big deal to me. I don't care. Don't send me a T-shirt. But I
2: mean, the creator is not going to, I mean, maybe they'll be offended. But they'll also be like, yay, that's like however much dollars I don't have to spend on that one person's DVD or (laughs) T-shirt. Because that's where we are right now. Because we're fulfilling perks right now. And they're expensive.
1: You're not doing T-shirts, though, right?
2: No, because you said don't do (laughs) (laughs) T-shirts.
1: I mean, don't people do like digital downloads, snap? Snapchat from yeah. your
0: actor
1: on set or that like kind and
2: of thing. And I was yeah. gonna say, I think that you Easier guys
1: did thing. a really great job. Of most
0: of the things you're fulfilling are flat or digital. Thank right? you.
2: Yes. Um. Yeah. It, that's the thing. You like want to. You want to do digital stuff because it's so much more cost effective. But then you also don't people like to have a thing to hold in their hand and you don't want to like make it look cheap if everything is just digital so and again like this is my first time actually running a kickstarter we we tried to be like good about picking you know giving some like physical things and then also making some digital things and pricing things higher if they were going to cost more. We're just sort of in that phase right now of like actually paying for the perks. And we're seeing how much it, it it always costs more than you think it's going to. I think that's probably a good rule of thumb. We're not like in trouble, but it's just like you go to the post office and you get postage for 400 envelopes and it costs $250. And you're just like, hmm, especially when you have a lot of international people.
0: Yeah. And also I imagine that there's a part of you when you're like budgeting things out mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, okay. So I'm bad that postage is going to cost around $250. I can spend that right now
3: mm-hmm.
0: on the dolly that I want for the day or, mm-hmm. or you know, a boom up or something
3: mm-hmm.
0: and pay for it later. And mm-hmm. I imagine most producers will probably be like, well, all right, I'll just mm-hmm. you know work a night shift or something and make mm-hmm. it up later.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that a situation that you guys found yourselves in?
2: Not exactly. I mean, we did go like somewhat over budget, not terribly by any means. I mean, I feel like anybody's going to go over budget especially when you're doing sure. the size of production that we were.
1: Okay, are you guys done shooting? Yes, yeah, 100%. we shot for
2: mm-hmm, we shot for 2 weeks in May. Oh, okay. But yeah, we're completely done. And
1: is the show all done? It's gone through post?
2: No, we have edited about half of the show. So we're continuing to edit as it comes out.
1: And do you like, you know, I've worked on so many things where like we blow our entire budget on production and then post-production yeah. comes and...
2: I'm We're not the only producers, we being Shipwrecked Comedy, which is who's doing the show. We also brought on American Black Market and that is run by these two guys, Brent Madison and Ryan Murphy. And they were very, very, very good. I mean, they've produced things like they actually know what like they're American
0: doing. Like American Horror Story and- uh, <laughs> Yes, everything. exactly. Green? No, a oh, different
2: oh, Ryan Murphy. Different. I bet he um, loves that joke <laughs> Ryan M. Murphy, I should say. And they were really, really good about like really being hard on us about like in our meetings being like, You guys need to have contingency. Like we need to set aside this amount for posts and we do not need to touch it. And thank God, because otherwise we probably would have been more apt to be like, Uh, eh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, um, how
1: much does editing cost? Yeah. I can edit it at home.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, So, yes, we have money left over for perks and stuff. We're still sort of, and there's also things that we had to cut on that we would like to be able to, like, go back and put more money into, but it just kind of depends on, like, where we're at once we do the perks and that sort of thing. Some people that just, like, helped us out that we would like to actually pay and stuff like that. So, yeah, but for the time being, we've got a little extra cash, and hopefully we don't go completely through it. We did budget for perks, but it's just like budgeting versus like actually doing it. Now I'm finding is like, we did okay, but I'm just like nervous because it always sure. ends up costing more than you think it's going to.
0: Yeah. yeah. And when you spend $250
1: on stamps.
0: That's because
2: international stamps are a dollar a piece. Yeah.
1: yeah. When we did, we had like the store for the hammer, the, this movie I did. Mm. And we had posters because it seems they were so cheap to make. But it's like you're saying, Matt, like, how the hell do you mail a poster? Yeah. You got to buy a cardboard tube. Posters yeah. are the worst. And yeah. they're like 40 inches
0: long. We do long. have
2: a lot of posters. Yeah. And they're
1: inefficient to package as well. With Squaresville, I ended up folding them. Yeah. Long. Hey, yeah. it's called Squaresville.
0: Yeah. getting
2: a square of a poster. <laughs> yeah.
1: So who directed your show?
2: His name is William Joseph Stribling. We call him Joe. Sometimes he goes by William. I don't know. Joe Stribling,
0: Never he's great. Strib or no one Stribley. with one name
1: involved in this
2: project. <laughs> no, everyone has multiple names. He is an NYU grad, and he's someone that Sinead, one of the writers, went to school with there. And I, I had not met him until we sat down with him to talk about the show, and he was a perfect fit, and he's excellent. We we're he's also editing the show, and we're very very lucky to have him.
0: So let's talk a little bit about that, right? Because yeah. you. Um, you know, you've been on all different sizes of sets from the very smallest to like huge yeah. TV shows and movies and all that stuff. Yeah. What were you looking for as an actor turned producer when you were hiring a director?
2: Sure, I mean, that's a great question. And this whole experience, I mean, I'm not, this is my first experience as a producer is what I'm trying to say. I produced a short film last year for myself, but that's like a short film that cost like, uh, maybe a couple thousand versus essentially a feature that, you know, costs many, many thousands uh, is very different.
0: And also, we should just, just to clarify, we all know the number when we kickstart, but like there's decades worth of favors that you're pulling yes. and resources that you're pulling. The, yes. the show did not actually cost, yes,
1: yeah, 75K or whatever
2: it is yes. you raised. It cost. Yes.
1: Like you got a, a lot a of free million,
2: yes, free locations,
1: free extras,
0: yeah, free people, exactly. free cameras. Lots free gear.
2: of lots of kindness and lots of favors yeah. and um favors I mean, you
0: paid for already, then you had a down payment yes. on or that you're gonna be paying off for
2: Yes, exactly. You know. That's not to say that like we didn't pay people, but people weren't working for right. a lot. Yeah. That said, I think we made it look pretty damn good.
1: I thought your Kickstarter video looked pretty damn Thank good. Thank you. Even though you it. acknowledge in the video that <laughs> It can look. <laughs> Better. I thought it looked pretty Thanks.
2: good. Thanks. We did invest in the video, which is a thing, I guess, which is kind of off topic, but we felt like it was no, worth it. And that was out of our own pockets. Like we paid a DP and, you know, paid somebody to help us with props and stuff because you want it to look good and you want it to be a reflection of what you're going to put out. And if it doesn't look good, then that doesn't speak well for your project.
3: Hey guys, it's Lenore, the Lady Ghost. And I am Edgar Allan Poe, spinner of tales fantastic. Mysteries and delights. You
2: may remember us from our popular web series A Telltale Vlog.
3: And the Oscar-winning film The Raven.
2: That didn't win any Oscars. Also, you weren't in it.
3: Yes, yes I was. That's me on the cover.
2: No, that's John Cusack.
3: Well, they didn't have to know that. We're here with some sad news. As you may know, we were planning on having a murder mystery dinner party and inviting
2: history's finest authors. Unfortunately, Mr. Sunshine over here can't get his act together. I
3: just... I sent Annabelle seventy-three ravens. Do you think she even got them?
1: Totally, I think it was money well spent. I mean, I think when you watch, I mean,
2: we think so too.
1: Your Kickstarter, you get um, the impression that these people are funny and they know what they're doing, and they're cinematic and and a sense of the show too. Yes,
2: exactly, and that's yeah, you're
1: pitching the show.
2: Exactly. I think I don't know. Again, I'm not like an expert or anything, but I think maybe. That's one of the best things you can do is make your video sort of just an example of what you want it to be, mm-hmm. what you want the real thing to be, as opposed to please give us money.
1: I bet there's been so many shows where people did exactly that and people saw their video and they're like, hmm, I don't think I want to see that. <laughs> you know, like, don't you think
2: maybe, <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll be
1: real. I think my big pet peeve
0: with I have a ton of pet peeves, with Kickstarter, <laughs> even though I love it. I hate when you are seeing watching a Kickstarter for finishing funds. Even mm-hmm. though as a filmmaker, I know how... We just talked about how expensive Post is and yeah, how yes. labor-intensive it is. Yes. But there's a part of me that's like, well, you shot it. You cut this this Kickstarter video. Like, you'll get there, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah. it is... It is not fair.
1: That mm-hmm. is a stupid thing to say. But there's a part of me that but feels like... But do you like, think... Look, I think your case is different because you do have a fan base and like leveraging yeah. that makes sense. But I think there's like all of us that have been kind of making videos for a long time, like 10 years ago before Kickstarter, we just like raised, like found the money. We worked, we saved right. money. We did like, I don't know. I think saying it's, I think you're allowed to say that asking people to give money to their project can can be annoying like like what you're saying yeah you are are you're allowed to like be mad about it for sure Mm
0: -hmm,
2: mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. anyway but like i think you're part of what you do for a living is you're on camera and you're entertaining and you interact with fans that hopefully somehow pay for the content that you're in yeah what we do i feel like is a little different
2: Mm mm-hmm
1: and we don't I mean, I personally don't really have like fans outside of my friends and family.
2: you probably do,
1: I mean, maybe like some projects that I've worked on people liked, and so if they oh who directed that, maybe we'll hire sure. that person again, but i guess I guess I'm just saying like i could I could just save up a bunch of money and and make a scene, you know, like shoot the the opening of a feature and then take it to like a production company and mm-hmm. I don't know there's there's like kickstarter kind of removes the business from yeah. the the content and like to me there's something nice about the business being tied into the content because you shouldn't make stuff if there's sure. no need for it to be made mm. all right so so I, I i totally hear where you're coming i mean from. this I is think, like very much playing devil's advocate i think obviously you should make stuff our whole show sure, is about making stuff <laughs> make stuff figure out how but to make it's, it's it. not about like begging people to, you know, to help you make, well, maybe it is. I don't know. So what you're saying I'm, though, I'm is lost. that your point is that, uh,
0: sometimes art shouldn't be made. If there isn't a true audience for it, that doesn't, uh, you wanting to make something doesn't mean that it deserves to be made. It's yes. kind, and, it's kind and, of And what, I would definitely kind of what not you're say
1: saying. art. I would say film. I would say, look, if you're a, a writer, project. if you're a poet, if you're a painter, Go paint a million things. My wife sure. painted this dog that's on the wall over here. <laughs> our, she loves that painting. It's lovely. Yeah, I that look at our, it at every show. Our dog Emily. He, but yeah, but, so, but and the, but if but nobody is, cares about it, it doesn't bother it doesn't me matter. because she because she didn't. For it. She just. But she when, just when you're it. saying like, I need to make a three hundred thousand dollar project or something, and you guys need to help me make it because it needs to be made, and then people are like, like like if it needs to be made, you should be able to. Find the money to make it right. I so, don't know that
0: I completely agree with that. So here, here's here's the counterpoint because I I actually do agree, but I think that you're ignoring a big part of the nature of how people like to support one another. Yeah, I think that like Mary Kate's lucky because she has built a
1: fan base, right? And that they were so happy to be a part of making the show with her, right? Because right? they they she has like people saying like, "Hey, I want to see you in more stuff." But yes, that, yeah. and so she there's like actually that, is like a business need for what she's yeah, making yeah
0: absolutely and and they're happily gladly giving them money there's no there's nothing unclear about the uh, relationship or the transaction that's uh, transpiring between them and i would argue that that is true for the friends and family kickstarter size as well mm-hmm. right so squaresville did not have any fans right we had like a couple yeah right God bless them, right? (laughs) But it was really just, I I would say, 90%, 95%, 99% of of those dollars you could trace back to someone, right? Whether it was a friend Mm -hmm. of the cast or something like that. And they were all genuinely happy to do it because they were supporting Mary-Kate or Kylie or me or whomever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that what you run into, the problematic area is where you're overreaching where you're saying, hey, I need $300,000 to make Mm -hmm. my feature film, but also grandma and grandpa are going to pay for it.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
0: maybe grandma and grandpa are sitting on a cool 6k and they are okay with giving that to you. Maybe don't give that to Kickstarter as Mm -hmm. well. Don't, don't don't slice up your 10%. But I think, look, I straight up owe my career to Kickstarter. Squaresville would not have happened without it. And that was the beginning of everything for me. So, it's hard to, and I don't feel bad about the deal that we struck
1: with the people that paid for the show. Yeah, yeah. When so when I did my first feature, we raised it was it ended up being seven hundred grand, and we so we had a business proposal and everything. You know, you put in money and we're gonna sell it and you'll make your money back. And when my family, I think my family put in probably all together maybe like thirty five thousand dollars, which was a lot, but like a lot of the people in my family are like yeah this is me just like investing in your career i don't expect to make it back mm. and that like really really bothered me and i was like mom stop saying like that you just yeah. Yeah. you know First i was planning on making it back yeah but to get the thousand dollars you're the yeah. smallest donor for yeah. starters yeah. <laughs> um but second of all like you're gonna get it back like that's the whole thing you're not i'm not saying like give it to me because i'm your son i mean i'm saying you'll trust me because i'm your son and you know me mm. and other people don't but i'm you're giving me this money because We're gonna start this business together, and we're gonna sell it, and people are gonna like it, and here's like why, and then you'll get your money back. And so, I wanted people to believe that like what I was making was something that the world wanted.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Did they get their money back? (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. not quite.
0: Yeah, but but Um, I I think you can still say like Mary Kate's mom really wanted Squaresville to happen, right? (laughs) And it's it's okay for that to be the the scope of the project.
2: I mean, I I didn't really come on board with Shipwrecked until we started Kickstarting because that's what I felt like I had to offer was Kickstarter knowledge. But they tried to pitch it for a year. Mm -hmm. They went around and and Shipwrecked Comedy is not huge and nobody bit, you know. But we felt like we had a very funny, very clever idea that we knew that our fan base would like. Mm -hmm. But we couldn't really get the attention of anybody with any money, and so that is why we decided to get started. It wasn't that we didn't try to do the other thing, right? And like through that, we proved ourselves right that people did want to see it and gave us above and beyond what we even were expecting or asking for. Yeah. So I don't know. It's tricky with like smaller, more indie creators because it can sometimes be hard to get that, or uh, we don't know how to do it. I don't know. You know, finding that money.
1: I mean, just listening to myself talk about this, I do think that like what I'm talking about is kind of like the old way of yeah. doing things. And there is something about, like nowadays they say no one is really willing to pay for content, right? Like everyone's yeah. like sharing their sure. Netflix password. Like, yeah. oh, Hulu, you gotta pay 10 bucks? Like, like cable? I'm not paying for cable. Like there's this whole idea that content should be free. But on the flip side, there's this idea that you can use Twitter to like sure. chip in for Kim, you know, Zach Braff's movie or whatever. Like, that, that we're all connected now and so instead of huge corporations paying for the stuff like we can all pay for the stuff right like the Bernie Sanders like grassroots yeah. movement sure. like and so I do think maybe I'm a little bit stuck in the past on this but I guess I'm thinking when I think about it for me personally and like my next step in my career it's like I need to convince people in Hollywood that I have something that people pay a lot of money for. And so maybe sure. that's just like my mindset. Well,
2: we don't want to continue you know, crowdfunding forever. It's like you want to get to the point where somebody goes, oh, that's great. Here, have, have this amount of money to make something else. But I don't know, but it's there. And it's something that people want to do. I mean, our fan base grew exponentially during our Kickstarter and people genuinely seemed to enjoy it, which we were kind of baffled by.
1: Yeah, I I think the only problem is if you don't execute.
2: Yeah, sure.
1: And again, you guys kind of executed on that first video and you put money, your own money up. Sure. And I think it's it's different than what I'm complaining about. Anyhow, that's enough of me being negative about Kickstarter. We asked (laughs) you a question like 20 minutes ago and we really want to know the answer. Yes. Which is... I'm going to give you a few parts to this question because I suspect the answer might be long. One is, did you talk to multiple directors when you were hiring for your show? And two, what were you looking for in a director when you spoke to them as an actor and as a producer? And three, why did you choose the person you you chose? And
0: let's separate actor versus producer. Let's take two different sides of your brain.
2: Great question. I hope I will have an okay answer. Honestly, for the most part, I was thinking more as a producer Although I think on a certain level, I am an actor and have been an actor for far longer. So that's just in my brain about the way I think about directors. But at the same time, as an actor, you're also a storyteller. So that like ties into like the bigger picture. I don't know. I could go around in circles on this. We did. We interviewed a few people. We didn't have a ton of options that we knew about that like were readily available that felt like we just didn't have a huge pool to draw from
1: by the way i kind of feel like our this is what our whole show is about is that there's people there's this huge space for directors you know to work with like really talented people that are really have done a lot of things in hollywood and there's just like a lot of work. I guess. Yeah. Like sure. what you're describing right now, like, I, like half no, our listeners are all, like, all I would be them. mad. All of them are like, what?
2: I would love to do. I don't mean, I guess I didn't uh, explain that well. But I've No, 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 no. But, but, but no, it's no, a good no,
1: thing. No, We're saying exactly like, right. like, sure, like, there's sure. so many of these things out there. And sure, sure. Like part of our podcast about encouraging young directors to not listen to their parents when their parents are like,
2: sure. oh, it's so yes. hard to get into the entertainment yes. business. Yes, And there's say like, hey, there is a ton of work out there. Yes, there is definitely directors. opportunity.
0: And, but that you're looking, there's a specific profile you're yes. looking for. Yes, yes, definitely. Right. So talk to us maybe a little bit about that.
2: Um Well, we wanted to work with somebody that we knew on some level. We didn't like put out a, you know, a, a call or anything on a website asking for new people. Because I don't know, I've done a fair amount of work, and we're all young filmmakers, and this, we run in these circles with filmmakers, and we just felt like that was worth having, just a sort of personal relationship. That said, I had thought about a bunch of different directors that I've worked with, and I either knew that they were busy working on other things, or they or I didn't think that their sensibility was quite right for what we were doing because it is very specific. It's very silly. Anyway, so we just had a few people that we talked to. We had been very interested in having a female director, but again, we didn't, um, and we did talk to one, and we really liked her. But at the end of the day, we wanted the person that felt like the best fit, and that person was Joe. And with Joe, honestly a huge thing was just his confidence he read the script and we just sat down and he was like yeah so so where do we go like where do we start (laughs) can i ask you
1: all the decision makers of who that we're gonna hire were what were the genders of those people
2: three female and one male okay the male is my boyfriend sean the writer co-writer of The show Sean and Sinead wrote the show together. They started Shipwrecked. Myself and Sarah have come on as producers for this project, and we're all in it as well. So, we're ju- all at it. I just
1: hear pretty often, you know, I mean, obviously, it's like all anyone's talking about in town is like diversity. Yes, this year, but. Yes. I, I hear the thing, so I directed that thing with Anna Connor yeah, that mm-hmm. Melissa Hunter worked on too.
2: Mm-hmm. And oh, she worked on it too?
1: She was one of the, in the writer's room. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize breaking that. Breaking the stories and stuff. Oh, cool. And she was in the pilot that Anna directed. And it, they were very consciously looking for a director, a female director. And they couldn't, I don't know, they, they, they kind of had, came to the same conclusion that you did. That yeah. They, they were just, they couldn't I mean, find one that they liked, that they thought was right. Well,
2: we did, again, we did meet with one. We did really like her and we super considered her. But at the end of the day, like Joe just felt like the right person. He had done a feature previously. We wanted someone who had directed a feature or something of that um size something sizable yes we didn't want anybody who had only done a few shorts or whatever because
0: because you're crossboarding you're shooting the whole thing in one yes and it's a big it's a big bite yeah it's like
2: 20 characters you know it's not a little thing so he had previously done a feature called bear with us that we just saw the trailer for and the tone just felt spot on in terms of like (laughs) it's just a lot of shots of people screaming and it's funny you know yeah so we sat down with him and we had sat down with another person who's who had some great ideas but also just wanted to change too much of just wasn't quite on board with the script which i don't blame him for like the script is weird it's a bunch of people who are not alive at the same time in a room together it's a fantasy like it is not <laughs> you can't get so, all historically accurate on it
0: but so but i think that's a pretty common reason to not hire a director is because like you sure. don't like their take. Sure. Right? And
2: he and he wanted to change a lot and he wanted to just And again his ideas weren't bad and we liked some of them but it didn't feel ultimately like our vision.
0: So so in addition to the confidence that Joe brought to the table. Yes. Did he have a take that you liked or was it, there you know. I,
2: It was more just about him like automatically being like, yeah. This is funny. (laughs) I think this is funny. Yeah. Just yeah. Just automatically off the bat was like this feels good, and we were like, so like, uh, the like you know the weird stuff in the script. He's like, it's great. I love it. You know, he didn't he didn't sort of bat an eye at it. Which that's when we were like, okay, this feels like we're very much on the same page.
0: So that sounds like a lot of intangibles, right? Yeah. But but I think ultimately it boils down to a couple things, really, right? Like. Coming in prepared and confident for yes, sure. Yeah, having done the job before. Yes, yes. And then reading the room. Yes. Right, like that's the other thing that maybe you're not. Mentioning.
2: Also, he had read the script, which not everyone <laughs> had completely done.
0: Sure. Yeah, which is a funny thing. I feel like people bluff all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we just again we just like clicked with him as a person, which I know that's like so cliche, but it's true. No, if it's, you're going to be gonna with that person.
1: Um, spend so much time with.
2: Them. And. Now, having actually worked with him, because again, I you didn't know well him wrong. at all. <laughs> we what a mistake. no, he's he's wonderful. He's truly one of the best directors I've ever worked with. And again, I, I would just say the biggest thing is like his confidence, and it's not a false thing. He's very good at sort of just running a set and being forceful and knowing what he wants, but having a good time and like not letting anything kind of, you know, bother him too much and just being really cool about everything and and letting us actors play. He's been very he's been very kind in letting us as shipwrecked be a part of everything. And he would ask us to come over and look at the monitor and be like, all right, like is, are you okay with this? Is this good? Which again, like not everyone has to do, and we would respect him even if he didn't, but it's really nice that he's sort of allowed us to make sure that our vision, you know, lined up with his vision.
1: Did you guys ever disagree creatively on anything?
2: Not really. Not like nothing huge. It's kind of
1: interesting. Like, as a a lot of what you're saying is like super interesting. I think at, at least for a director that's like trying to get a job, because like when you go in for a meeting, you basically have to decide if you're gonna say a like this seems really hard. That's actually when I was pitching myself on Miss Earth, I was like, I don't know, guys, sure. I don't think you can. We can shoot all this. Sure. And Anna was like, uh, okay, then why do you want to do this? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're shooting mm. it. Which I, you know, I think was like a I mistake mean- on my part to say that, but also. So you can either go in and do that or you can go in and say, "Hey, I love it. Let's do it right now." And I think I think the latter will probably put you set you up a little bit better. That's
2: not to say that he didn't like. There were times when he was like, "And we cut down the script a lot because it was an ambitious shoot, like without question. And he would be like, "This is a lot. Like you guys you guys need to figure this out. You guys have to There was like a location that we couldn't figure out what to do." And he was very much like this is your problem and you need to you need to figure out how to do it he wasn't just like yeah it's fine you know what i mean like when he needed to put his foot down about making sure things got done so that the whole show got shot he definitely did that and would offer up advice or suggestions uh, if we wanted them
0: and you also like you know you have to mean it right like whenever you're interviewing i feel like there's been a handful of times where the money was really good you know what i mean mm, yeah. mm-hmm. and i've been like i i love this
2: <laughs>
0: oh, i'm really bad at that. and yeah like you just realize this is a stupid plan right like people see through it so like walking in being genuine mm-hmm. with your execution with your confidence with all of that stuff
1: you can't bluff your way through anything basically yeah. and i think at the end of the day there's this there's a real thing to a good fit you know Like Mm -hmm. if you don't like the material and you go in and you pitch yourself, whether you're bluffing or whether you're telling them what you would change. Yeah. Unless it's Project Greenlight (laughs) this past year, then they probably won't hire you. Yeah. Right. Because you're not a good fit. Unless you're
0: making a TV show where you're going to be the most dramatic person. Right. You're not getting hired.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I don't know if my answers are very good. I feel like ours was a special case and that it just was a very much like right time, right place thing that we found him and it was clearly like the right fit for us and I don't doubt that at all.
1: I think your answer is like, sorry, just to repeat Matt real quick what we can extrapolate from. It's like A, confidence like, is the number one thing. Like you want to, you're helming this whole project. Yes. If you don't feel like you can do it, then we're not going to hire you. Yeah. Number two, like you're coming in to work with a team who's already thought a lot about this material, like Mm -hmm. respect them and Mm -hmm. tell them what you like about it, Mm -hmm. right? And number three, like it's nice if you've done something similar in the past, right? Yeah,
2: it really is. And it's not like you have to always do the same things, but I don't know. And it isn't. It isn't the same thing, but there was clearly, like we could see in his work Mm -hmm. what we wanted to come across in our work, which is cool.
0: Which is maybe the most frustrating part i think for young directors yeah it's yeah. kind of
2: out of your hands yeah
1: like, well not well no, it's, not if you
2: go make, you make, make your, make your, make your own, own stuff right exactly go yeah. kickstart yeah. things yeah, yeah exactly so
1: coming back to kickstarter we have we asked our friend ben caro to join us hey guys hey ben welcome so ben, ben is then uh, you've been so quiet this entire conversation she <laughs> has
3: been uh hidden in the walls <laughs> okay. yeah. Try not to make a noise
1: ben's mic was off until now um <laughs> but ben is an editor and a director He works with Sawhorse. We've had a lot of guests that work there, Blake and Nick and Gino. And I think you edited, I was looking up today, you edited like that Panasonic spot I did a while (laughs) ago, which ended up being a nightmare. Oh,
3: no, you you directed that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Ben, you also have a Kickstarter going on right now. You want to give us the real quick elevator pitch of what your project is?
3: Yeah, yeah, I can do that. My short film on Kickstarter is called Cathedrals, uh, a short film to help the blind and it's an adaptation of a, a Raven Carver story Cathedral, but we've cast a blind actor to play the lead. and we're also using this as an opportunity to raise money for organizations that, that help the blind and empower them.
0: Cool and you're kickstarting right now. We can check out a little bit of that video so right here.
3: to you. We're not in the end out to make money. How to make a change in the world for the better.
0: This can serve as a ripple effect that just because they have a disability that doesn't define who they
3: are. If you support this film, you're supporting something that will help improve relations between people and society. I wanna make something that's gonna benefit the world and I hope you can join me on that journey. I hope you support us. Um, thank you for your time. It's interesting because I've I've wanted to do this film for a while because I have some pretty cool ideas for for sound design that is super interesting to me at the time. But once I got into the casting and finding the right person to play the blind character...
1: Who is a blind guy?
3: Who is a blind guy? For
1: real, like a blind actor. He's
3: he's really blind. He's a, a blind actor. He's been blind since age five. I started realizing that... What I thought was that the the most interesting aspects of the movie, um, not was not the interesting aspects of the movie. Hmm.
1: Yeah, because you can dive in pretty deep into like a person that can't see, like emotionally, right? Yeah, more than just like, hey, we're gonna have like blurry. Yeah, we're gonna blurry visuals. visuals yeah, or- yeah, the sound is gonna be cool. I'm gonna pan all <laughs> over yeah. the place. Right. Yeah. What
0: well, that's so fa- fascinating, and I think maybe. The thing that I admire the most about any Kickstarter campaign, but I think yours in particular, it's like getting the ball rolling a little bit so you can show people, hey, this is what the movie's really gonna be. You know, right? Like you've got a cast put together, you know, you've got great source material, you pulled great concept artwork or, or even like clips from different movies, like a tone reel basically. Right. And then also combined it with this cause that I think is really close to the film's. My subject matter. Maybe. Sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted to do a video that was because I'd seen friends. I've had friends that have done Kickstarter videos, and you know they've made a very big production, and made a, a short film out of the video, and it's it can you know very artistic. But I, I think I wanted to really sit there and talk directly to the audience, and you know have them meet me, get behind what I what I was excited about, and include those other sources that i'm not sure are completely i'm not sure that's the best idea to just include clips of other things in your kickstarter video but uh i think it got the point across and um i'm just opening nobody from blue valentine context <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I so, you're okay. so i think this is an interesting thing to debate right because so mary kate we were talking about her. they pretty much uh, all the whole team behind that show put in a bunch of money to shoot I mean, maybe not a bunch of money, but they put in some money to Decently. hire a DP—a a real amount of money, yeah. enough money. Money that, you're, that was you're like miss. And they wrote a yes. script. Yeah. I would yeah. like,
2: I would love to have that money back. Um, yes.
1: And they shot basically a scene. So what, what's interesting about what you did is that you shot like a scene that is the people talking to the audience. It's like people it's talking to the the characters. The characters yeah. talking to the audience and asking them, telling them what the project is about, giving a sense of the tone and the feeling, and then explaining to them a little bit where the money is gonna go right yeah sort of did
3: you did you do that too ben um you know i just skipped the money part because there were Mm. there was so much i wanted to talk about and so little time wait
1: you didn't talk about money in your kickstarter video
3: maybe that was that's i'll go back (laughs) i'll I'll re-edit it and i'll be back here in five minutes i
0: I do think it's worthwhile to say specifically what you need money for because Mm -hmm. oftentimes you are unlocking an audience that doesn't know how much things cost, mm-hmm. you know, but you can always do that with a graphic. I mm-hmm. love, I, I love like a hey, filmmaking is really expensive. Check out below, mm-hmm. and I'm pointing down like I'm hosting the video right now, guys. Just so mm-hmm. you know, just he says, is pointing, I'm pointing right down. I'm pointing down. I'm not lying. Um, but like, here's how it breaks down. This is how much things cost, and this is where we're going to spend our money. I think transparency. I think is um, an explanation is pretty valuable in Kickstarter.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's a great tip for uh, <laughs> sure. your audience. But more and not too late for you. So for me, yeah, you can Thanks, still yeah. do that. Can yeah. you
1: yeah. edit your video once you put it on Kickstarter? Yeah, you can, you can re-upload.
2: You can. I didn't know that.
3: Yeah, I, I actually. Took out a chunk of the, the main video because I noticed uh, people were watching about halfway through.
1: Oh, can you see when people are you clicking an out like YouTube?
3: Well, actually, no. That I said that I said that incorrectly. I, I noticed that about half the people were watching all the way through, so uh-huh. I thought I would change that up. And what you can also do is embed videos in the in your story in the mm-hmm. description. So right. I took out chunks about Evan producing the hammer and things like that, stuff that wasn't. Directly pertinent to working with blind people mm-hmm. and stuck that into.
1: Oh, yeah, it's probably worth noting the person that produced the movie I directed is producing this too, Evan Tosbar, right, yeah. who we've had on the podcast oh. before.
3: Right. And, and,
1: you know, my movie starred a deaf guy. And I also was like, oh, deaf people, like their doorbells are flashing lights instead of chimes. You know, how cool is that? Let's like make a movie about that. Mm. And it very soon turned into something a little deeper than that, hmm. you know, which is like what it's like to trying to find a way to communicate with the world that communicates through speech, you know?
3: Yeah, you know, what really inspired me when, I I mean, as we were looking for this actor, I contacted uh, a guy who runs a a theater company in Santa Monica called Theater by the Blind. And I said, do you have anybody for the part? And he said, I might, but does it pay? Because all of my actors are, are living below the poverty line, most of them are. And that's when I started realizing that it was—it's very hard for a blind person to be employed. Not a lot of companies want to hire blind people. They think it's gonna not—they're not gonna be an asset. And also in Hollywood and also in the arts, people are not gonna want to cast a blind person when they can find a a nice name actor to do so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand. You know, we all know that that you need stars attached, but there's something that is lost. And I think, you know. Russell Harvard, who who starred in Evans' movie, Orrin's movie, *The Hammer*, um, the deaf actor he was, he's referring to. Somebody did an interview with him, asked him if if a a person who could hear played him in a biopic of his life, how he'd feel about that, and he couldn't even answer it because (laughs) it just, you know, that's not who he was. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something very important for whether a deaf person, a blind person or any person with a disability or diversity uh, to see themselves represented on screen in these mediums to say that like, let's say you're going blind and and you see a blind person up there who's a lead in a film, you know, that you can still achieve your dreams and you can still be a, a working person. And this kind of exposure is really helpful. So, Anyway, as I'm as I'm making this movie as I'm putting it together, I started realizing how that's the interesting part about movies like this and I started writing about that for for disability blogs and organizations. And I I do think it can make a difference. You know how Modern Family, they mm-hmm. had that the the gay couple and the widespread acceptance of of that show and its popularity kind of coincided with the the sea change um, mm-hmm. with marriage equality. And there's some studies, well, not studies, but people do think that that actually did do something to help yeah. people. I Just mean, wasn't
1: Will and Grace, wasn't Will gay?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's
1: been gay characters. Mm-hmm. But I guess gay probably characters. probably like 50-year-old like sure, sure. men in the Midwest yeah, weren't yeah. watching Will and Grace. Yeah. But they're watching Modern Family.
0: Mm. You know, I think a thing that you make a point of in the Kickstarter video that I think is so powerful to me is the nature of like not uh, making the film for money in a Hollywood sense. Mm. You know, like once the film is funded via Kickstarter, that's all you need. You don't have to answer to anyone else. And so you're making these decisions based off of what's the artistic decision or the right thing to do or the thing that's best for representation. And I think that's a really beautiful aspect of Kickstarter, right? Like you know so often we're like i want to make this thing and you know we're going to kickstart it and it's going to launch my career and all that stuff is great and i am a person who did that but i think there's something awesome about giving yourself permission to just make the movie you want to make as well
3: yeah and that's you know that's definitely the case for all independent film and i I just
1: wanted to sell out immediately (laughs) yeah i'm also big into selling out (laughs) um So Mary-Kate was talking to us about perks. Um, Mm -hmm. Perks. Yeah, how expensive they are to fulfill. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about that?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, it's definitely something you ought to think about when you make the perks and to try to keep everything in the digital space or the um, flat (laughs) mail-by-letter space. I think...
0: I... yeah, I did t shirts. It
3: was like,
1: I, it was pretty early in Kickstarter. It was, yeah. Wait, Mary Kate, what's your biggest perk? Like, the biggest donor gets.
2: The biggest donor gets executive producer credit. Yeah. <laughs> um, our biggest perk was coming to set.
0: Oh, cool. Did I anyone did- do it?
2: Yes. We had. Um,
0: Were they super weird?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no they were all wonderful and perfect that
0: was your dad yeah we had four
2: set visitors oh and wow. one that could not attend because she lives in australia but still gave us two thousand dollars that's nice
1: wait so do you think giving someone a credit like an ep credit people care about that like non-film people care about that
2: our executive producers did
1: were they like yeah i'm an executive i mean producer. they
2: also know us and love us and want to support us and have the means to do that so i mean with something like that it's like if they're going to be giving many thousands of dollars it's got to be i don't know you know what i mean i mean it only
0: makes sense to give them that Mm -hmm. do you think they would have done it if there wasn't any credit involved
1: or are they doing it for
2: no they're not doing it for the credit but it would be rude of us to not yeah yeah you know what i mean
1: are you selling credits as well is that the wrong way to say it? I don't
3: know. No, I'm selling credits, right? I mean, I have a associate producer credit and an AP credit. How much
1: can I get an e- AP credit for?
3: You can get that for the low rate of fifteen hundred. That's, that's not, bad for, <laughs> it's well, it's not bad for for <laughs> an associate an EP producer, credit. not not that's to be. An a hater. No, I'm sorry. That was a that's an exactly. Oh, EP. EP. Oh, how much yeah. oh, is the EP. AP? Okay. Yeah, the uh, two fifty for oh, associate yeah. producer. Hey, you
1: know what? An associate producer. Does. <laughs> I will say this,
0: not to be a jerk, Ben, but. I think an EP credit makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. I don't love making incentives, uh, or sorry, perks, credits, incentives, basically, if they're not... An executive producer, that is literally the job sometimes. It's just like, hey, give us money. An AP or an associate producer, you have associate producers who are working on your film. Do you know what I mean? So there's there's a thing about it that kind of bothers me about...
3: We actually, yeah. I mean, we have we have several producers. We have no right. associate producers. Ben actually fired working. all the associate producers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We have to clear you out <laughs> for the Kickstarter associate sure, sure. producers. But, but you we bumped them saying? up. Really, did you did you think about that at all? Is
0: that a thing that you guys talked about with, um, with your team? Yeah, or, yeah. I,
3: I talked about it with you know we had some producers and my girlfriend was working as a, an associate producer. She's you know she's producing the thing yeah, with yeah. everybody else, and on researching I. It seemed as it, if most it, short films it, were doing it's around the two hundred dollar yeah, range. Yeah. And I understand. And that's actually why I thought that anybody who's working on the film who's yeah, actually yeah. putting their heart and soul and time, you know, you they should get a producing credit. Sure. And, you know, an AP credit, it's um
0: So you did a, delineate though. You were like, okay, yeah, yeah. everyone's a producer unless
3: if yeah you, if you are interested in having your name out there mm-hmm. you know producing and you want to be attached on INDV to, to projects that you think are interesting and then in you're in your wheelhouse it's not a bad way to throw 250 down sure and be up there yeah and it's part of AP the journey too
1: in high school that's how
0: i got it
3: semester ahead <laughs> of time <in college>.
0: <laughs> sure <laughs> um then you're in the throes of it right now like you're
1: like halfway through halfway through yeah when is your
0: it's campaign be, ends?
3: Uh, ending Friday, September 9th at nine PM. Oh, no, nice! So, so get in, in there, get
1: guys. To set the end date or yeah. the length of the campaign and the time, yes. I think. Yeah. yeah. And how do you how do you figure that out?
2: I wanted it to end on a Sunday. <laughs> I just because we did live streams every Sunday and Sunday felt like a good day because oh, so you like could you have involve. Like a yep, yeah. we had a countdown and we had like a whole thing. You could you involve people. live streams the people. for the campaign? Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: cool. Have you done that or have you thought of that? Or- yeah,
2: I've done a
3: couple of live streams on Facebook by myself. You know, mm-hmm. I did one yesterday, and actually, I think
2: I got um, three people donated because of it. Oh, really? I think so, that's
3: super smart. That's yeah,
2: cool. we yeah. had a huge bump on live stream days. Yeah. There was like. Thousands of dollars. Yeah,
1: because then you're joining the party,
3: right? Yep. That's right. Yeah. People are interested. In what is going on? Yep. and yeah. then you know you get momentum. You send
1: up people with like phones behind you.
3: Right. How did you how do you live stream?
2: We did it on our YouTube channel. Oh, there's okay. more of us. There's right. four of us. And we would bring in our cast and uh, like other guests if we could. Um, we would play games. We'd do it for four hours every Sunday. Did
3: you give away tote bags? That's kind Didn't of how I felt, away. you know, raising NPR. <laughs> you know
2: what we would do? This drives. feels so gimmicky, but it, people loved it. If people pledged a new pledge or added to their pledge by any amount, we wrote their name on a piece of paper, and we put it on the wall behind us. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, yeah. And people loved it. And we did something different every time. Originally, we just did it because we did one on Valentine's Day. And we were like, oh, cute. We can, like, make Valentine's. And it worked so well. But then the next ones, we were like, OK, what can we do today?
0: And, and so did you find people were re Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Ben was just taking his clothes off.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or you can do that. I yeah. took a
3: shot every time somebody. <laughs> no, this Ben. No I'm,
0: way. I'm gonna admit I'm upset that my name isn't on the on the wall now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What the joke is, so I thought the message was pretty clear, uh, but no. no but uh, for those of you who haven't kickstarted, it's a uh, it's a full time job. It's yes. like really, it's hard work. So yes. so kudos to both of you guys. Ben, as a person who's in the middle of it right now, is there anything else in addition to to live streaming? Is there anything you would want to tell people who are thinking about
3: kickstarting? Yeah. um, You know, you just said it's a full-time job. But what's interesting is that it's really a full-time job before you you launch. Mm -hmm. It's three months prior or Mm -hmm. or whatnot. Because, you know, I, I feel like as if I'm... I tried to lock in a bunch of support beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, you make the Facebook page, and I and I teamed up with these organizations that help the blind for them to post on their pages. Mm-hmm. As soon as you press launch, you feel like you're just uh, waiting to be picked for the kickball team, and like you're struggling <laughs> to like sure. work out and make your muscles look big. And I'm like, man, I should have been doing bench presses this whole time. Sure, sure. So I think the best strategy, and you see this a lot in the te- in tech, but not quite so often in film is getting people to sign up for an email list. Um, Facebook's good, mm-hmm. but you know, the algorithm and you you can't quite guarantee that you're going to reach everybody at the same time so that when you launch, it's a, there's a hard day and you don't put it off three times like I did. And an email goes out and it says, now, now is the time that you need to to pledge mm-hmm. because I think it's the first three days that, you know, your, your Kickstarter campaign is up on the recently launched and that's a really good time to gain eyeballs that you wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that's a big tip that I would give.
1: Yeah, that's great. What about you, MK? Yeah, Any
2: tips? Uh, just do your work ahead of time and make sure it looks good. It's just worth putting the work in. I found that, I mean, it's different if you're doing a narrative thing as opposed to, you know, God knows what. But making a sort of just a full experience for them. Like we named our tiers dinner party things, just like sort of making it a whole package of like, okay, I want the after dinner mint, or I want the like help us in the kitchen. Just sort of like creating that atmosphere around it. I don't know, it makes it kind of fun, I guess. And also the other big thing, which was inspired by Matt and Lo many a year ago, not that long. <laughs> You're right. We're like very Like 45 young. years ago. Right? <laughs> 45 years, yes. Is uh, have incentives throughout the campaign. You did that with Squaresville.
0: Like incentives that change? Um, So, so group incentives, basically. Yeah. So, Once
2: you hit a certain level, they get something. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so regardless of whether, like say I've got 25 bucks. I'm in high school. That's a lot of money for me. I'm going to throw that money in. But when Squaresville or Pell Party reaches $5,000, you you guys did a great job of saying like oh okay well now you get to know a new cast member.
2: Yeah, we announced our cast as we went every $5,000 oh, we cool. and that's I fun. mean it worked out well for us because we had a huge cast and we tried to be smart about spacing out like famous people versus like not so well known people but just something to keep the momentum right, going. Like a heartbeat. Yeah, <laughs> to it's keep like people excited.
1: Do. They say it's like the Quantity or like regularity is like more important than
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having
1: one amazing thing. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. right. Cause you, time. You do. You get to the middle and it really plateaus and you start to think like, oh my God, what have I done? I'm gonna fail. Why, what can I do to like get people to like? Is that why I feel know, like remember? this? Is that why I'm do crying? You? It's
3: yeah. okay. It's okay. okay, you'll Wait, get through
1: So it. sorry, I know this question is like seven years old or whenever quick Kickstarter started, but you don't get the money unless you raise you reach mm-hmm. your funding goal, right? And mm-hmm. what stops you from just putting in the rest of the money yourself on Me. the day. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to do it through a different bank account. But Why? For your name to not be on because it?
0: Because I think probably everybody knows this. If they're really, if they've got, you know, 12000 of the 15000 that they're raising, it's like you call your mom up, you say, hey, listen, I'll pay you this money back immediately. <laughs> put it in. Right. And you do lose 10%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you get that the rest of it. Plus With-
3: you're taxed on the income that you make. Through Kickstarter. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I think so.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, is that right? So Wait. So you guys, we, yes. but but you set on, up but, an LLC. But there's a threshold for that, though, right? Or no?
2: Maybe I'm not
0: sure. Six hundred dollars, probably. No, there's got to be probably. No, I think that it's actually that There is a specific number, but it's not six hundred dollars.
1: Okay, so we're gonna get one last tip from Ben.
3: One last tip from and Ben. And then we'll close out. So my campaign is trying to raise sixteen thousand. And so far, we've raised seven thousand with uh, the help from, you know, my mom as well. So you know, big supporter, big chunk of change came from her, and and Mary Kay, you you raise 75.
1: seventy five, seven
2: yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and a big chunk of that came from Ben's mom also. Yeah,
2: yeah. She's she she loves co like, parties
1: like so much more
2: actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> no, like eight thousand dollars. <laughs> like i didn't She did not uh, get a good Christmas gift <laughs> from me, so uh, the wrong group on. Um, I was going to say that, you know, I think a great idea is to is to do a project with somebody. I think they found that. Case with two or more people would raise mm-hmm. at least twice as much if not you know a lot mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. more and it's mm-hmm. because the network grows you have mm-hmm. more people working on it and mm-hmm. a buddy you have
0: yeah. like a like it's a it, it's, out.
2: Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just honestly like if you do it by yourself cheers to you it's a lot of work and it's sad and hard it's, and, certainly
0: there's no way squares would have raised yeah. the money that it needed no way
1: but you kind of spearheaded it and you recruited in your cast yeah but uh, I think oh,
0: yeah. the the thing that we did with Squaresville that I think was really helpful is that every single cast member and also every single crew member, I had a conversation with them about what they needed and wanted from the show, you know? So like, Oh, right. You've talked about that. Yeah, so we talked about it. Like Mary Kate and I sat down and I was like, okay, well, like you're a young actor, like you need footage. So it was, it was relatively easy with her, but like everyone needed something. And so whether making the show helped realize that or it was a favor afterwards or something like that, you know, everyone was on board. And like, again, I think because it was early on, people weren't quite so saturated with Kickstarter. Oh
2: yeah, I yeah, it was very like you new. You had
1: to explain what Kickstarter was to most of the people. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, and final question for you, Mary-Kate, how is Matt as a director? Any <laughs> criticisms?
2: Just awful no
1: yeah, I am a monster
0: yeah a mo- a he
2: makes me weep no he's <laughs> that's great that's a good director. have I ever made you cry no of course not you're, I feel
1: like I've probably I've never I made any actor cry no I think I, I, think I like I, unless it's a I feel like scene.
2: they would have to be a contentious actor because yeah. you're pretty easygoing. Pretty, pretty mellow I love working with Matt so much that we considered him for Pope Barney because I think he's great
0: I'm much better now too
1: I didn't yeah. know what I was doing back then
2: but yeah I would work with Matt any old day Oh, Ooh, cool. Any old day. Well,
1: good to know you. you're you not too famous yet
2: <laughs>
3: not too famous. for Matt. <laughs> not
0: cool. at all. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. I think this is a lot of really great insight into what it is to kickstart and to have a successful Kickstarter.
1: And I think thanks. there's like our listeners should check out both Kickstarters. I mean, obviously Edgar Allen pool party,
2: <laughs> Edgar Allen, Edgar Poe po party. Alan,
1: Edgar Allen, Poe <laughs> po party. Yes. You should uh, do a sequel. Edgar that's a- Edgar Allen, Poe <laughs> po pool party. That yeah. would and then <laughs> for real. Total Edgar Alley, Poe party. Poe
2: um, <laughs> <Potpourri> party.
1: <laughs> is the campaign's over, but it's yes. really worthwhile to check out the Kickstarter campaign. Cause it's like kind of a perfect Thanks. example of like how, You know, if you're doing a series, how to do that. And then I think Ben's is a really good example of like a little more like an issue based Kickstarter, which is cool, but still about film. So definitely check those out. Thanks. And so to close it out, we always do uh, unpaid endorsements where we talk about cool things that we are into this week.
0: Unpaid endorsements. Cool. So for my unpaid endorsement this week there's a new DJ Shadow video called Nobody Speak. Have you guys seen this video? Mm -mm. It's like basically a bunch of like old politicians in like kind of a war room and they're uh, like debating back and forth on two sides of this giant kind of circular room, right? And they're speaking the rap as though they're speaking to each other and then all hell breaks loose and it's just super well shot, super stylized. And does a really great job of heightening a pretty clean and succinct idea into bigger and bigger beats. But before you know it, like one of the congressmen is like literally about to stat, like impale the other guy with the American flag. And it's just perfectly executed. So the video is called DJ Shadow featuring Run the Jewels, Nobody Speak. It's great. Check it out. Oh, cool. So good, you guys.
1: Cool. I guess I can go. I'm just going to list some random things I've. Sure. I've thought about this week. one is there's this guy named Nathan Barnett that's like a YouTuber that my friend works with and he recommended him for some project and I was like checking out his YouTube channel and he made this pilot for Adult Swim called Youth Large um, that you can watch the whole thing online it's with Kyle Mooney before oh, yeah. he was on SNL and it's um, a bunch of UCB people and it's just like one of the weirdest things I've ever seen <laughs> it's a 22 minute pilot
2: I love Kyle it, I think he's so fun
1: yeah and they were like let's make a way weirder version of it's always sunny in philadelphia and i think they definitely accomplished it and it ended up not being picked up but it's like insane just so weird like on youtube people are like peeing their pants for no reason in half the scenes i mean but it's funny too and well written well acted it's not just like gross from being gross yeah Look up Youth Large Nathan Barnett, B A R N A T T.
0: you may have seen he had a bunch of viral
1: videos where he would do kind of like crazy rubbery rubber yeah, body well, dances. He looks like this like Trevor from Grand Theft Auto and he like <laughs> plays him. He's like this homeless guy, a pretty much drunk guy. And he goes and plays him. Yeah, and he does prank videos. There's one where he has like a dead body that he's like trying to get rid of, you know, on the street. Anyway, he's pretty funny. Check him out. Another thing I've just kind of been thinking about is how like I haven't read a book in like over a year, I think. I think the last book I read was Understanding Comics that you recommended oh, on this podcast. And I was listening to Slate's Political Gab Fest, which has actually turned into, like, my favorite podcast. That which was, was also... Also recommended on this show to us by Eric Kisak. <laughs> if you guys are into politics at all, I wish it came out, like, every other day, because, like... Yeah, so it only comes out right yeah. once a week, and I'm like, I want to know what they think about Hillary and Donald today. Mm, yeah. um, but uh, they recommended this book called Underground Airline, which is kind of about like the Underground Railroad if it happened today, you know, the slave thing. So, I don't know. I it's like, I should read the book, that book. And everyone's talking about the. I know that Steven Spielberg's making the movie of Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Sure, that yeah. book, which I, I never read. It's and I'm like, so good. I'm just going to read some books, which... A year ago would not have been a big deal at all because I used to read books, but... Then you know, had a baby in a podcast. Yeah, but also just like my phone. I'm just like, you're reading you
3: the news I never in front of read
2: you? either anymore. I was a literature major and I had yeah, getting like, bed put and you're it like reading. I'm getting on, on my news, list right? to read a book this year.
3: Right. How many articles have I written, uh, read yeah, this
1: year? I don't even read yeah. articles. I just read headlines. I read the first paragraph. I'm like, yeah, yeah I get, get it. 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 I'm not paying for it. a New York Times subscription. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. I read my three out of three this, this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Headlines are good enough. Anyway, so yeah, I'll let you know how the reading goes, how the book thing goes trying to bring them back
2: bring them back Well
3: if you this is something that you can use on your phone that that uh, won't make you feel guilty it's a actually an exercise app called Zombies Run. I think it was kickstarted when it first started. It's a genius project of storytelling where it's basically a TV show that you only listen to when you're when you're jogging or running. So Wait, it's a podcast. You can call it a podcast, you can call it a game, you can call It's sort of
0: like augmented reality, right? It's Is similar. that right or no? I think I've heard of this.
3: It's kind of like Nike Run meets The Walking Dead. So it'll track your movements, track your speed, and also play you a story. So basically the there's been 5 seasons so far, and each season has 23 episodes, and you can spend each episode, you know, it can be 20 minutes, it can be 60 minutes, it can be a mile, it can be um, a marathon, you can just uh, tailor it how you want to. The story is basically you somehow survive a helicopter tra- crash. And you hear somebody in your ear like coming coming through like an intercom. And he's like, okay, I don't know who you are, but you seem to be good at running. Just There's a bunch of zombies where you're at right now. <coughs> Run to our safe house. It's a, this township called Abel Township. It takes place in the UK. So everyone's British and adorable. Um, <coughs> and basically every mission you're going out, you know, getting supplies, meeting people. Uh, there's a huge overarching storyline in the season one about, you know, like a a weird township that's kind of like a north korea in the post-apocalyptic universe i don't think i've ever run as hard as i've run listening to this
0: so so let me does it change if like say you're like oh, i ran down i'm too slow does it know that you're like that's, falling behind and you're gonna get eaten by a zombie that's
3: actually where the game parts comes in because i think you can turn these off but there's if if you have zombie chases enabled and I think that's the best thing to do because I'm a, I'm a believer in like interval training, high intensity sprints and such. So every once in a while it'll tell you that zombies are chasing you and they work it into the story. And you have so many seconds to outrun them. And if you don't outrun them, you lose some of these supplies that you pick up along the way that you can use to build your base in the app. So it's it's they've really thought this thing through to make it a huge universe. So wait, can I awesome. use it on a treadmill? That's cool. Yeah, you can use it on a treadmill. You don't need to use it. It's GPS. not a GPS. You, you, I uh-huh. mean, it's it's better with the GPS. But if you're somebody who wants to even,
1: and how many people have just like run into a truck?
3: <laughs> yeah it's uh i, I have gotten very True much for all of running into it. though <laughs> <laughs> just pretending people you're yeah. walking are, are around or are zombies it's it's it can be dangerous and you listen to like an action workout mix sure. you're good to go yeah, so yeah. if you don't like running but you need something to motivate you to do so. This is this is great. It's called Zombies Run and I think it's free to download and you can pay for an extra subscription or something now.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I love so cool. when people gamify something you don't want do to,
3: to do. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. Know?
1: What if like everyone had to like throw balls into like baskets and then they you kept score and you're kind of working out while you're like running back and forth. You have like two teams and I don't know. It's a crazy idea. Yeah this is Yeah like they, they should make an
2: app it. for yeah, that that would make it a yeah. game. I don't think that'll work
1: at all. Um MK what do you got?
2: Uh, I feel bad because like all my life is is Poe Party. Like I'm not even, that's all I watch. I think that's it's Poe Party. think about. Uh, this is so hooey, but uh, sure, why not? Uh, one thing that did come to mind is that I have become a big believer in vision boards this year. Mm-hmm. I always like
1: I put vision boards on my vision board yeah didn't, didn't turn out <laughs> I oh made weird
2: Kind of try harder no I was very I've like made them before in the past and just like slapped some like pictures from magazines on it that's not the way you do it I like looked it up and I was very intentional about what I put on my vision board and you put it where you can see it before you go to sleep and when you wake up in the morning and let me tell you guys it's working out.
0: You've manifested. Uh, I either? have
2: manifested Isn't some it, things. Is it so,
3: 10 pictures of Poe Party?
0: <laughs> it's
2: just Poe Party. No, no, no. No,
1: that's a. I'm, I'm a big, I don't really practice it, but I, I also am a big believer in it's, that stuff. Kara does, my wife does vision boards, and yeah, she, they make it, they help her.
2: I always yeah. thought it was like kind of silly, and I made it last year in November when I was in like one of the deepest, darkest places I've been in in the last few years. And I mean, it it is not the reason my life got better but I don't know just the fact of like laying out the things that you want and going okay I intentionally want to focus on these things you know what I mean it's, it's good to like focus
3: how to do it correctly because you said there's mis- misconceptions
2: yeah well just just being intentional about what you put on it I put pictures and uh, pictures on it and words on it I like wrote out things like meaningful friendships and new projects and I even wrote like auditions and callbacks and I have had a lot more auditions and callbacks This year again, like who knows if that's really what it is, but it can't hurt to like focus on that in your brain.
0: It's important to also say these are literally the things I want.
2: Yes, like what do I want right now? Yeah, and then like put them in a place (sighs) where you can see them. It's not even I like I like stare at it for five minutes every night. I don't, but it's just like it's there. And I also arranged it in a way that's like aesthetically pleasing for me, and I like feel like it's a nice little corner of my room. I just did it on the wall next to my bed because I have bunk beds and there's like this space in between. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to spread the vision board gospel. I feel like there's something to it. And, oh, cool. and
0: did you use like? Is it um? Was it an artist way vision board or like? is there a specific uh, like a school guide. of thought or guide to? You no, know, I just which one, or? I don't
2: know. I just like looked up like how to do an artist. B- I like googled like how do I do a good vision board, and it just was like. You know, put it where you can see it, like focus on it and like be aware of it. And I just really tried to pick certain things as opposed to being like, oh, here's a picture of like a cool vacation. Yeah, I would love to go (laughs) on vacation. Yeah, Yeah, there's a
0: difference between like, oh, cool vacation. And like, no, I want to go to Hawaii.
2: I put San Francisco on it. And my boyfriend's best friend is getting married in San Francisco. And we're going this year, you know, like places I want to go this year you know, and then like other things to represent different things, like working working with Sean or like having fun on set or like film festivals, you know what I mean? Just, or or not just pictures too, like like my badge from a film festival or like my ticket from my own movie at a film festival, little like mementos cool. and trinkets right. of like good yeah. times in my life that, yeah. that I wanna.
0: I have a whiteboard that I have like a checklist of like the different projects that I wanna achieve every year. Mm-hmm. And just yesterday, I kind of redid it so that I said, "This is the thing that I'm working on right now." Because mm-hmm. I think, as a freelancer, you always have so many yeah. different things going at once. Mm-hmm. But it, wouldn't mm-hmm. it,
1: isn't it nice to be like, "What am I working on?" Oh, right, that's the one. That.
0: Yeah. that.
1: Well, yeah, I think I was gonna make that same point. I wonder if like a vision board is like more helpful for like a freelancer. Like, sure. let's say you are an actor. Like, you wake up in the morning and you don't have anything planned for the first half of the day. It doesn't hurt to just see like auditions callbacks Mm -hmm. you're like oh maybe i should like submit myself or call that return that email like right if you already know
3: those are the big goals you have but
1: the thing about the whiteboard is like i feel like there's a difference between a list of projects and then the vision board is a little more emotional right like Mm -hmm. here's a ticket from when Mm -hmm. i was at this film festival and i felt really good i want to feel Mm -hmm. like that again and what did i do Mm -hmm. what do i what's something i can do today to make me feel like that again Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. because i have like the lists and they are just they just kind of stress me out well the difference between a whiteboard though
0: and a a list because i love lists as well and have them all over the place but the whiteboard is still like up it's kind of a maybe a half half measure between a vision board and a, and a list
2: somewhere where you can like see you it. You and see
0: it, and you still it's that reminder of like passively saying this is mm-hmm. this is explicitly what I want to be doing. This is what I'm focusing on because it's like oh you've got so many different projects or ideas
1: or mm-hmm. things you want to develop. Like what's my priority? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's this book that it's kind of like a big like known I think in the business world. My friend recommended it to me, and she said my dad read this book and got rich and. He gave it to me, and you should read it. Whoa. And What's the book? The book is called, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, it's called Think and Grow Rich. Wow. And it was written in like the 50s, and it is basically the idea that if you tell yourself every day, I'm going to be successful and get rich, it'll work. I mean, and it's is like that the, the same,
2: secret
3: to happiness, though?
2: At the end of the day...
1: Um, I mean, you know, I think he uses rich as the word to make. Sure, like, sure. Rich but I'm like giving always.
2: yourself confidence works like you have to like you sometimes have to fake your way to that sort of thing but it does have an effect on your psyche after a while yeah
1: you just have to remind yourself that there's like a direction you should be Mm -hmm. moving Mm -hmm. as opposed to waiting
2: Mm -hmm. um well
1: cool very uh uplifting end yeah
2: Oh, good look at that
1: well we manifested the end of the show (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. where can we find you guys
2: well you can find edgar Allan poe's murder mystery dinner party at shipwrecked comedy on youtube so if you just search shipwrecked comedy it'll come up or youtube.com slash shipwrecked comedy or you can find it from my twitter because i'm that's all i talk about which is mk wiles m-k-w-i-l-e-s
0: great and ben how can we find your kickstarter and submit some cash that would
3: be great guys even five dollars helps um you can find it the movie's called cathedrals you can find it by googling cathedrals a short film to help the blind Best URL is bit.ly slash cathedralsmovie. And yeah, you can find it on Kickstarter, uh, Twitter. I'm on there at vagranttourist.
0: Great. Awesome. Well, uh, if you want to find out more about the show and you love to tweet, you can visit us at just shoot it pod or uh, check out all of our show notes and the things that we endorsed today on www.justshootitpod.com dot com that's on the world wide web in case you were yeah, curious definitely don't
1: need the www <laughs> thank you
0: uh <laughs> http colon <laughs> slash slash www <laughs> w- w- <laughs> uh,
1: and you can follow me at mr Matt Enlo. and i'm at smitey pileg and thanks eric crapau for editing this episode
0: crapau
3: thank you eric
1: we've got new music today
0: this is the first time well potentially the second time so the second time i guess third time it's so the third time take it away i can't remember the name of the artist though I'll figure it out. It'll be in the show notes. But yeah. thank you so much to the Free Music Archive for DJ providing Shadow. new music.
1: Okay, we're back. Um, like so smacky, Do you guys hear are you getting?
0: Smacky? I'm
2: always smacky. I heard
1: it. I was like, I was like,
0: yeah. You can pause.
1: Eric's always like texting me, Matt's so smacky. Green
2: apples. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Green apples.
1: Is that what you're supposed to say? I
2: did a voice. No, that stuck you're on supposed them. To eat a I did green a voiceover job and I was too smacky, and they handed me green apples. <laughs> <laughs> <Was> <laughs> it? It, it, it turned out to be a, a they green were like, apples like, ale. They commercial. were like <laughs> chopped up, and they were like <laughs> <laughs> on they were That's funny. Tight.
0: I hadn't thought about how you were specifically smacky, but having edited a bunch of your videos, that is true. You are.
2: Yeah, I'm smacky. Yeah.
1: Oh wow.